Hey, what's good, y'all, and Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for our Christmas Eve service. We are so humbled that you would choose us uh, to be a part of your Christmas celebration, your Christmas festivities. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Pastor Keon. I get to lead Wellington Heights Community Church with my lovely wife, Pastor Stephanie, and a great leadership team and staff. These last two years have been precarious, which, which means uh, there's, it's been years of uncertainty. With that pandemic raging on, it has affected uh, all of our lives one way or another. And many of us, we find ourselves trying to scramble to hold on to what normal used to be. And right when we think we, we have things the, the way they used to be, something comes and, and, and redirects our lives. Now, it doesn't take a pandemic uh, for uncertainty to happen. Many of us have been wrestling with uncertainty for a long time in several areas of our lives, whether that be with health issues and issues at work. Maybe you, maybe you have uh, some issues and struggles in, in marriage and in relationships at work or just with friends or with kids. Some of us don't even know when our next paychecks are going to come. And honestly, some of us have enemies who want to see us fail or, or even take our lives. You have coped with uncertainty for a long time. One thing that we could always rely on was the holidays to bring about some sense of certainty. No matter how bad the year was, you knew that uh, how the holidays were going to be. Uh, but even this Christmas, even Christmas in 2020, wasn't safe from the pandemic as we've had to uh, pivot uh, last Christmas and this Christmas. Hence, uh, I am talking to you virtually once again on Christmas Eve. We try and try to make things perfect, but just they just don't turn out the way they should, or at least the way we think they should. Now, this Christmas, and just like every Christmas in the past, uh, we celebrate the birth of the Son of God, Yeshua, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the Savior of the world. Truly a magnificent gift that the Father has given us. I mean, he gives us his Son as a gift. Take that in. But I think we often miss one crucial piece of the Christmas story. And this piece of the Christmas story, uh, it could be a huge encouragement if we allow it to be. And that piece is this. The first Christmas was a mess. It was far from perfect. As we heard in our scripture reading today in Isaiah chapter 9, Jesus entered into a world of wickedness, a world of darkness. Uh, there, there, the, the land was dark. People had wicked ways, much like today. The first Christmas wasn't perfect. And one of the reasons why it's so important for us to hear that is one would think that if, if God is coming down to earth as a baby, you would think that everything and everyone would be ready and prepared for this magnificent event, the birth of the birth of the Son of God. Everything would be tidy. At least that's what we think, right? 
I love nativity scenes, uh, but even our nativity scenes make the birth of Jesus look super tidy, right? With, with animals all nice and tamed, uh, baby Jesus not crying, and, and a stable that's cleaner than some of our homes, right? And those of you who have children, take a second to remember the preparation that went through, uh, that you went through to, to make the, the, the first day uh, that your baby arrived uh, perfect. The crib was ready. The midwife or doctor had been talking with you for nine months. Uh, the baby's room is ready. You've, you've had baby showers and gifts and diapers and clothes. Everything was perfect. Everything was perfect. You, you had gotten everything ready for that day. Take a second to remember those days. Now, we had the Christmas story read to us earlier in, uh, in the service uh, by the youth of Wellington Heights Community Church. And they read from Luke chapter 2, verse 1 through 18. But I want to take a deeper look at the first Christmas. Now, close to the time when Mary gave birth, they had to upend their lives and travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem because the government ordered everyone to return to their homes for a census. They wanted to count how many people was in the land. So Mary had to hop on top of a donkey, fully pregnant, to go to a town that she probably had never visited before. Some commentaries say that uh, the, the, the travel was about 80 miles uh, filled with hills. Night and day, Mary and Joseph uh, camped outside or, or probably rented uh, some rooms in some uh, random towns. And shortly after uh, they arrived to Bethlehem, she knew it was time to give birth to the Son of God. And there was no room at any of the inns because uh, the town was crowded with people coming in for, uh, for the census. And Mary and Joseph would have been slower travelers since Mary was pregnant. So they, they didn't have any room. They were, were probably one of the last ones to enter. So they had to park themselves in a stable that uh, some guy uh, offered for them. We can just imagine Joseph's embarrassment and probably had feelings of, of failure toward God that all he could offer, all he could find was a stable uh, uh, for the Son of God to be born in. His concern uh, would only increase as he saw Mary suffering great discomfort and, that she had never even ex experienced in her life and it and intensified. Here of all places, is where the Son of God is going to be born. And when it came time, time for the Son of God to be born, uh, some commentaries say that Joseph would have had time to find a local midwife, but even, even if he would have found a local midwife, it wouldn't have been someone who Mary was uh, accustomed to or had a relationship uh, with for nine, uh, nine months, right? That's a huge piece of pregnancies, having someone with you uh, throughout the pregnancy. When Jesus was finally born, his first witnesses were, was probably Joseph, Mary, possibly the midwife, and some animals. No family to celebrate the new birth. He was born in a stable with hay and animals in a feeding trough, right? Even then, that was bad, but let's just be honest. If that were to happen now, 
many of us would have called DHS. Let's just be real. And toward the end of the night, Mary was visited by some random shepherds that ended up giving her some encouragement. But imagine the protection and the fear that they would have had when these shepherds approached them. Mary being in so much pain, the last thing she wanted to have was visitors, let alone strangers. So that, that's the Christmas story in a nutshell. So what's the point in me telling the Christmas story in that way? It was to encourage us this Christmas as, as we come into a new year to let go of perfectionism. Let go of trying to make things perfect. The Son of God came into an imperfect world and, and we can see that even the day he was born was full of imperfections. But this saying is true. We can trust that God's plan through his son Jesus was and is perfect. Some of you may be thinking, I need to clean up before I commit to Jesus, commit to my faith. You may say things like, before I start going to church, I really need to focus on my faith. I, I really need to, to, to clean up. I need to, I need to stop. I need to stop. Uh, partying. I need to stop drinking. I need to start sm stop smoking. I need to I need to stop cussing. Or or maybe you have questions about about Jesus and Christianity that need to be answered. Maybe you've been hurt by church folk, right? You you have questions that need to be answered before you start your faith journey. Or maybe you feel like you have taken steps away from your faith and you don't deserve to be uh, accepted back into the faith. I I'm here to I'm here to, here to tell you something. That's a lie. Jesus didn't wait for the world to clean up before he came down. He is not waiting for you to clean up your life before he enters your life. He entered into a sinful world in order to transform it. The Bible says that God, God demonstrated his own love for us in this way. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. I got news for you. You can't clean up your whole life without God. You can't clean up your whole life without God. This is why he came. He came to restore and reconnect you to God and to reconnect you to people. He wants us. He wants to live in us. He wants to walk with us. All we have to do is want God to be in our lives and he is faithful to walk with you through the journey of life. You no longer have to fear death. You no longer have to wrestle with life's issues by yourself. Listen, the gift of Christmas is that God came down to live among us, to live with us, Emmanuel, God with us. God is a transformer. He wants to transform sinful systems. That's sinful systems in our heart. That's sinful systems of injustice, sinful systems of, of discrimination that, that marginalize uh, people groups. Someone, someone told me or asked me, how, how do we get to heaven? Uh, how do we get to heaven? And I said, you know, a, a deeper question is how do we reconnect with God? How do we join him in the, in the reconciliation, in the restoration of all things? How do we get to be with God forever? 
And the answer to that is by receiving the gift that is Jesus. At God's table, all are, we are welcome to partake of the bread of life that is Jesus. Many of us are going to open presents today or tomorrow or throughout the week. And I fear, I fear that we are going to miss the great, the greatest gift of all. Don't miss this gift from God. Don't miss the opportunity to receive life through Jesus. Don't miss, uh, miss it because you feel like you need to get your life right before you receive it. Jesus is ready to take you as you are. The creator loves you and he wants to walk with you. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to be perfect. He is the perfect one. He is the lamb of God, the, the perfect sacrifice. He, his blood makes us righteous. And we get to accept his, his, his love, his gift, which makes us righteous before God. For those of us who have walked with Jesus, I don't want you to miss the, the gift of Christmas either. Yes, you received it before, but God has so much more for you. He wants to re reveal his power and his love through you. God wants to equip all of us to be reconcilers, truth speakers, restorers of the kingdom of God, of, of, of earth. This Christmas may not be the Christmas that you hoped for. We don't even have snow. But let this imperfect story of the first Christmas be an encouragement that God loves you and wants to walk with you wherever you are in life. And though life may have so many uncertainties, we have a God who is steadfast. We have a God that is steady, never changing, and abounding in love. Would you pray with me and receive the true gift of Christmas today? Pray with me. God, thank you for giving us your son, Jesus, as the first gift of Christmas. I know I haven't been perfect, but you don't ask me to be perfect, but to trust you. Help me to take a step in trusting you today. I want you to walk with, with me all the days of my life. I don't want to fear death. Jesus, live in me and transform me to be like you. God, thank you so much for your love. I pray uh, for a safe and blessed Christmas for all uh, who are celebrating. Give us wisdom to make the right choices this Christmas. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we lift uh, praises up to you. Uh, thank you for the gift of Christmas that is Jesus Christ. We ask these things in his name. Amen. Hey, you have a wonderful Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for joining us.
Hey, thank you so much for listening. Remember to turn on your notifications to be the first to listen to future episodes. Also, be sure to like and share this podcast and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We are relying upon the benevolent gifts of donors to continue our ministry in an urban setting. So if you are compelled to give, please give a gift at donorbox.org backslash WHCC. Hey, thank you and be blessed.